0: morning. The Gospel this morning is from the book of John, the sixth chapter. After this, Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, also called the Sea of Tiberias. A large crowd kept following him because they saw the signs that he was doing for the sick. Jesus went up the mountain and sat down there with his disciples. Now the Passover, the festival of the Jews, was near. When he looked up and saw a large crowd coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, "'Where are we to buy bread for these people to eat?' He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, "'Six months' wages would not buy enough bread for each of them to get a little.'" One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they among so many people? Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was a great deal of grass in the place, so they sat down, about five thousand in all then jesus took the loaves and when he had given thanks he distributed to them to those who were seated so also the fish as much as they wanted when they were satisfied he told his disciples gather up the fragments left over so that nothing may be lost so they gathered them up and from the fragments of the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten they filled twelve baskets When the people saw the sign that he had done, they began to say, This is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. When Jesus realized that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain by himself. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were terrified. But he said to them, It is I. Do not be afraid. Then they wanted to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the land toward which they were going. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Morning everyone, move the pulpit up here a little bit, but not too close, there we go. Hello, I'm so glad to gather with you today, whether you are online or here in the Grove. Grace and peace be with all of you. And in this time together this morning, may the spirit come close, and whisper a little reminder in your ear. You, yes you, are loved. For those of you who might not know me, my name is Elizabeth McGrew King, Beth MCK for short, and I'm the faith community manager here at Mount Olivet. And sometime last fall, I learned about thinking putty for the very first time. That's a special thanks to Carla Berkeley for that introduction. And over the winter, I bought my first tin, I pulled it out and started stretching it and kneading it and before long, I was trying to mold it into a shape. But here's the thing with thinking putty. It's not Play-Doh or clay and those are malleable, but they hold their shape. Despite my best efforts, thinking putty ever so slowly resists my efforts to make it stay in any shape. Slowly, slowly, it flattens back into the shape of the container. And as with much of life, I enjoy it most when I accept thinking putty for what it is, instead of focusing on what I wish it was or what it is not. And for me, there's something like that happening in this reading of John 6. Jesus challenges my efforts to mold him into a small shape, And I found myself resonating with these words from Patrick Otama's In the Shelter. Otama is an Irish poet, some of whom, or some of you may recognize from Krista Tippett's NPR show On Being. He writes, in this twin story is the story of a life. Sometimes it is stormy and sometimes there is bread to share. Sometimes our picture of God is a food sharing man on the grass covered hill. Other times it is more frightening than we can imagine. We may prefer one story over another, but they both happen over and over again and again. While I am in the storm, someone else is on the hillside and someone else is waiting in a boat, watching the waves begin to form. Where are you today? Where did the story catch your imagination as Vicki read? way back in the beginning of john's gospel john talks about the word becoming flesh and dwelling among us and that the people did not recognize god there among them and here in john 6 jesus comes and meets people where they are and they don't recognize him for what he is and still jesus gathers and welcomes It's a few months since the last time I preached here at Mount Olivet, and somehow we're picking up in the very next chapter of John from my last sermon, right before the story Jesus had gotten in a fight with the religious leaders over healing a man on the Sabbath, and also for calling God his own father, making himself equal with God, and now John moves his story of Jesus away from Jerusalem and further north by the Sea of Galilee. The crowds followed Jesus because they saw the signs he was doing for the sick. John doesn't talk miracles. John uses signs because for John, each of the stories is a launching point for Jesus' teaching about himself. Jesus goes up the mountain and sat down with the disciples, and John slips in the detail that the Passover festival was near. Passover recalls the story of liberation from Egypt and Jesus' audience lives in the shadow of Roman occupation and they longed for an end to Roman rule. And like God provided manna and quail in the wilderness when Moses led the Hebrew people, Jesus prepares a feast where it seemed impossible. Seeing the people coming, Jesus nudges Philip's. Where are we to buy bread for the people to eat? Perhaps Philip has that deep dread in the pit of his stomach. This task is impossible. Over six months wages wouldn't be enough to ensure everyone got even just a little. Andrew takes inventory of what they do have. But what good is this tiny amount of food? A small boy has five loaves and two fish. And unlike Matthew, Mark, and Luke, who use fairly generic terms for bread and fish in their tellings of the feeding of the multitude, John gets so physically specific. Five barley loaves, the cheap common kind, and two cooked or dried fish. And Jesus invites the disciples to be part of this miracle. Perhaps an invitation is noticing the needs in front of us and trusting God with our own five loaves and two fish, that with gratitude and God's help, it can be enough. And that's something I find powerful about our community partner, Beacon. Beacon works to assist housing or families experiencing homelessness, and one of the ways that they do this is through the creation of affordable housing. And the need is so big, and it continues to get bigger month by month talking with Tom Hudak this week. Tom is on our Mount Olivet Beacon leadership team, and he's also a real estate agent. And through his work with Beacon, Tom has been able to advocate for affordable housing in his own community. But even more through what he's learned from his Beacon connections, he's able to connect other people to additional resources in the community, whether that is credit counseling or other alternative housing options. Through his connection with Beacon and his desire to help people find a home, Tom finds ways to connect his daily work with his calling in the world. And one of the things that I really admire about Tom is his quiet confidence and pragmatism about helping where he is able and trusting God with the rest you're interested in learning about affordable housing, reach out to one of the Beacon team members, whether that's Tom, Bob Carlson, Paul Nelson, or Kelly Bishop. But maybe the small voice whispering in your ear isn't affordable housing. Maybe it is feeding people or equity or kids. Wherever it is, where is God inviting you to trust that your five loaves and two fish might be enough with Jesus' help? To paraphrase something I heard from Kate Bowler at a virtual conference last fall, we live in the beautiful and precarious edge between nothing is possible and everything is possible. We know everything is not possible. We've weathered storms and disappointments and losses, but even there with seeming scarcity, something is possible with God's help. What would it look like to trust that something is possible? A detail I hadn't noticed in the story before, with the disciples' help, Jesus makes everyone sit down on the great deal of grass in the place. And having heard Pastor Deb preach on Psalm 23 last week, I heard echoes of, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. The great shepherd makes the crowd sit in green grass and satisfies their hunger. And then John says, Jesus took the loaves and when he had given thanks, that root word Eucharisto, incidentally the same word for Eucharist, a fancy word we use sometimes to talk about communion or the Lord's Supper, Jesus distributes the bread and fish to those who sat. Second Kings 4, the prophet Elisha feeds a 100 people with 20 loaves of bread, with some left over, and here... Jesus feeds 5,000 with an abundance and 12 whole baskets left over. No wonder the people are so quick to note him as a prophet. The loaves and fishes are broken and scattered. And then once everyone was satisfied, Jesus tells the disciples to gather up the fragments left over so that nothing may be lost. Jesus, who cares so much that none of these fragments be lost, cares for you too. You who feel lonely or excluded, you are not forgotten. You are loved and you are seen. Where are we called to be part of gathering? What does it mean to be gathered at this feast with those who are different from us? How will we be part of noticing who is scattered? Maybe it is a phone call or a note or a meal. Maybe it is choosing curiosity and compassion instead of judgment when we discover difference. Maybe it is choosing to treat someone as they wish to be treated instead of how we think they should be treated. In the scattering and the gathering of these five loaves and two fish, an abundance of people were fed. And back to Otamas in the shelter, when he writes about this feeding miracle, he says, whether it was a miracle of multiplication or a miracle of generosity is a matter for speculation. Either way, the people ate, and either way they wished the lord of the hillside, the lord of the picnic, the lord of generosity to become their king. Small wonder I'd have joined them in their desire. Perhaps this is the question, What job descriptions have we written for Jesus? Where did we miss out on what God was up to while we were focusing on keeping what is comfortable for us? Before the crowd can try to force their agenda upon him, Jesus disappears, leaving even his disciples behind while he slips away from the crowd. Evening comes and no Jesus. So the disciples went down into the water, got into the boat and started rowing their way to Capernaum. It's night, the water choppy, the wind roars. And after a few miles of rowing, when they were a good distance from shore, they say Jesus walking on the lake. And they were understandably terrified. Who would have predicted Jesus coming to them in their midst this way? And Jesus says, it is I, don't be afraid. And even here, we don't know. Did he get into the boat? Did he just walk alongside the rest of the way while they rode? They meet God in the storm, likely in ways they did not expect or frankly want. And the storm still rages, yet somehow they make it to shore. The storm does not cease, but Jesus still accompanies them to their destination. How has Jesus come to you? in ways you found surprising, and perhaps in those ways that you neither wanted nor expected. So where are you this morning? Hoping for food on the hillside, feeling stretched too thin by the constraints of reality, weary after rowing and rowing your boat through stormy life, rested and full like those sitting on the hillside after the meal, Wherever you are, Jesus comes to you there saying, it is I, do not be afraid. We do not always see Jesus clearly. We doubt what is possible. We try to harness Jesus for our own comfort and still Jesus gathers us. We are not abandoned. Jesus still finds us at this table whether online or in person, seated here in the shady grove or in our boats on stormy seas, we are met and held by God's grace as we are where we are. And this week, may you be reminded at this table and through beloved community that you are seen, you are loved, and never forgotten. Amen.